Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of freelancers. And, uh, today on the show, we've got Justin Marks, Marks Spot Films. Uh, I've been working with him uh, on pro- various select projects via Byline Films, uh, I guess for the last, what, six months or so? Sounds about Something right. Something like, like that. Um, right. Doing some commercial work. And he's from Miami, and I live I'm in Dallas. From, from New York, but you're from New York. I'm from New York. You live. In I live in Hollywood Miami for 20 years. Hollywood, so yeah. Florida. Fine, I'm from Miami, but I actually don't live in Miami. I live in Hollywood, Florida. Thank you. Miami Did is I, where we met, and I'm from Dallas. But currently, when you say it like that, we are uh, <laughs> in a very dimly. Mostly darkly lit hotel room. The view is actually quite nice. I in just turned Chattanooga, it Tennessee, at the West End on the eighth floor. And uh, Justin and I had a job together a couple months ago, and I brought all this podcast here to record it, and it didn't happen. But we're making it happen this time. Sleep so is more important at that point. Glad to have day. Justin on the show. Justin, why don't you uh, give yourself a little introduction, kind of tell people what you do. Well, that's that's a loaded question. Oh, I know. All right, my name, my name, as Casey said, Justin Marks. I've been uh, in the film business as a freelancer for. I just pulled out my phone to do a calculation because I always forget how old I am. Um, but it's been twenty five years I've been in the film business. I'm old at this point, but um, I still enjoy it, kind of, sorta, most of the time, depending on what the jobs are. Like these jobs with Casey and and uh, Grady on these byline films, awesome jobs. Those are those are great jobs. But um, yeah, I've been doing it for twenty five years, and uh, it's the industry that you love to hate. The film industry is a a great industry where things have their ups and downs, pretty much like any business. But um, going into the whole freelancer part, you know, getting into this industry, you you. It's not like a nine to five job. You don't have that comfort zone of, you know, going into work on Monday uh, at 9 a.m. and going home five o'clock at the end of the day. You there's there's nothing since there's nothing. I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Nothing uh, particularly like routine. Yeah, there's zero routine. Yeah, you can work for two days and have depending on how busy the time of year is, have a month off or you could have, you know, 20 days, 30 days in a row and, you know, just be brutally beaten up. But um, that's that's the negative part about it. Otherwise, it's pretty cool. You have your own, you know, you're, you have your own, not, I'm not going to say hours, you have your own, um, you can make your own schedule, you can take jobs when you want them, I guess, depending on how long you've been doing it. Um, and you just get to do things that most people never get to do and you get paid to do it. It is pretty fun. How did you get into it, man? What was kind of your, your start? Um, I was in high school, was ready to drop out of high school. Um, and actually not ready. I was, I was pretty much not going to school. I decided I didn't like school anymore and I decided to stop going to school, and my mom caught me. I think after 14 days, I was I was cutting school with my friends and just going smoking cigarettes and going to movies and you know doing absolutely nothing productive. And uh, finally, she got me into a school called City as School in New York City, and um, 
it's basically as it sounds, you use the city as your school, you do internships and I worked in restaurants and I worked in museums and you get like regular high school credits, which was, which was pretty cool. And it got me kind of into, you know, the real world. And I think, you know, every kid should have that experience. I don't understand why every school, it's not mandatory to have internships and kind of prepare you for the real, real world. Anyway, so I did an internship for a film production company kind of towards my last year. And I fell in love with the, with the film business. I was always in love with the film business because I grew up in New York City on the Upper West Side. And they were always filming, you know, either a Woody Allen movie, Law and Order, um, what else was filmed in my neighborhood? The Equalizer, uh, which probably nobody even knows what that show is. Um, but all these places were filmed in my neighborhood, and I would always, you know, when they were filming on locations, I would just hang out and watch them film and, you know, be that creepy guy in the corner. What are you guys filming? <laughs> but I was 17, so I could get away with it. I was actually way younger than that when I was watching. But um, so I did an internship with a film production company. I loved it, and I figured that that was kind of my passion. And I, um, you know, I guess once you find what your passion is, you become pretty much dedicated and you become good at it or as good as you possibly can at it. Like if you're doing something and you, you're not doing well at it, most likely you're not, you don't like what you're doing. So once, once I figured out that I like to do this, I, I really started to become passionate and did every bit of research I possibly could to become as good as I possibly can in, in what I was doing. And um, in high school, they actually hired me at this production company, very small, very, very, very small production company, like three people was, was the production company. So they hired me while I was still in high school as the office manager and... Um, I got pretty much hooked from there. And once I, once I was in, you know, after that, I, once I, I didn't even think about going to college, I had no interest in going to college at all. I didn't want to finish high school, let alone go to college. So once I was in the film business or once I was, you know, working for this production company, I kind of said, okay, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. Why am I going to go to school to, you know, learn about something I'm doing right now? I'm not saying this is the path for everybody, right? But but it it's was, definitely the path for some. And yeah. for us, it's kind of been the path because I didn't finish college. I did go to college some. Yeah. But I mean, in I, hindsight, I would have been okay without it. Yeah, I mean, some people need the direction. I think I got the direction because I didn't like school anymore. And I kind of pro was propelled into you know the real world by doing all these internships. And I learned what I really wanted to do. And I think I, in the back of my head, I knew what I wanted to do. And then, you know, everything kind of fell into place with the, with the internship, with the production company. And, you know, the people in the industry are either really, really cool people or really, really not cool people. And I thankfully hooked up with these really cool people. Noreen, was uh, one of the people that I started with in the industry, Noreen Shevlin. Of course, she's going to be like, don't say my name. But she was awesome. She, you know, gave me all the information to make sure I didn't look like a fool when I showed up on set. And, you know, we would hang out and smoke cigarettes in the hallway. And she basically taught me everything about the film business in the beginning. Um, and then after a year, I moved to Florida and um, kind of, squeezed my way into the industry in Florida by sending out faxes because nobody had emails back then sending out faxes and basically said, we'll work for craft service and craft service is basically that free food table that you see on the sets that has like, you know, all the snacks and 
All awesome the snacky stuff. things you're going to want on set. Exactly. Yeah, good craft services will have. <laughs> it's just good stuff that keeps you kind of, you know, fed minus, you know, having an actual meal. You get hangry on set, man. You get going and it's like hot and you're schlepping gear around and things are running behind and so you don't get to break for lunch when you want to. And sometimes you just like want to eat your fingers. At least I do. I yeah. never have. I, I, one thing I tell people, like if it's, if there's not a lot of money, I said, you got to feed me well, feed me, at least feed me. I mean, that's the biggest thing when you're, when you're on these jobs, you're, when you're, when you're in production, there's usually a fair amount of either pressure or, you know, a, a very short time period where you have to accomplish a lot. And, you know, you don't want to be hungry while you're doing it. A lot of physical labor. Yes. There is a lot of physical labor. I think gears heavy. Yep. Gear, gear definitely doesn't Cameras, get lighter. If you're like carrying them, like Justin <laughs> has this easy rig with a yeah. Movi Pro and a big like red camera that he carries around for hours at yeah. a time. And that's all I ask is just feed and water me. Consider God. me a plant. No I will way. grow and perform well for you as long as you feed and water me. But don't feed and water me, then I'm gonna I'm just out of here. wither up and wither wither up. That's not the right. Wither, wither, wither and dry up and, and die. die and so, just get angry. So you said we'll work. You said you sent out these faxes. Right. You were like sourcing these fax numbers from different like well, so job, here, I would say websites, but I don't. So when when I, I I didn't my plan was not to move to Florida. My mom wanted to move to Florida. She pretty much got sick of New York and I was like, sure, I'll go to Florida. Um, so she got me a production guide, like a Florida production guide and has all the names of production managers and production coordinators and stuff like that. And I, I knew the people that, you know, hired were production managers and production coordinators. So I went through the list and I would, uh, I think people had fax numbers on, on there. I don't really know how I got them. And then I would, not only would I do that, I would call and I made up a name. I was like, hey, I got your number from Robert. And he said, <laughs> you'd be a good person to call. I'm moving from Florida. You know, I, I've worked in the business for a while. And not for a while. I, I didn't lie more than the name of the person. I said, you know, I, I just started in the business in New York and blah, 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 blah. And Finally, you know, it was just like fishing. You, you get one on and I finally got one on and it turned out to be a, a great contact who um, turns out to be a friend of mine still, one of my best friends. And he, uh, his wife was one of the top production managers who worked for one of the top producers in Florida. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. I started working for like, you know, the biggest production company in South Florida and just kind of everything grew from there. That's kind of, that's kind of the start. Just kind of put your time in. Yep. Did you ever have like, cause you do like mostly like DP work now. For those of you that don't know, it's a director of photography eh, many times. No, it includes really. camera operation. Are you more of a cam op? Yeah, I'm more, I, I actually started when I wanted to, when I bought my first camera, I was doing more DP stuff. But once the industry kind of slowed down in, in Florida, my, I was still passionate about, you know, being a cinematographer or DP or whatever you want to call it. But, um, the competition, I guess I wasn't up for, there's, there's a lot of good successful people in South Florida. And I decided I'd rather get into the more specialty equipment where I can still operate and be creative, but work. 
Like right. the goal was to work and still be, you know, in the business, but there's a lot of struggling people that were, you know, still working their way up. And I was kind of like on the lower, the lower end of it. So I kind of found my niche with the movie, um, you know, becoming a camera operator with that. And also doing after that, doing a lot of higher end drone stuff. Which I'm, I'm guessing if you had the, if you did that, like you were probably getting in on the Moby stuff. Like, was that like when it initially the first model came out? We got a hold of a friend of mine, Leo, got a hold of one of the, you know, probably first 10 movies, the movie M10. And, um, you know, the thing was basically, every, we showed up on set with it. It was like a science project. People were like, is this thing like real? This is like going to do something? Like batteries were Velcroed on and <laughs> cables were hanging down. I mean, it, it was, it was, a, it looked, it looked, it looked cheap. Yeah. But it, it was amazing. I mean, the tool, the tool did stuff that nothing else did. So people didn't care how it looked and they just wanted to see what you could do with it. And, um, I got trained by the company free fly. I didn't get trained. We went out, we flew out there and they basically again, kind of gave us like a little rundown of, you know, operating and you know, how the, how the beast worked. And from there, you know, I kind of got known as a movie operator in South Florida and throughout the States and, um, you know, fly around the country doing like movie jobs and stuff like that it was pretty cool. So you, people started hiring you because you had the gear, right? Not necessarily because you were a deep, like you could operate a camera or you had a camera. Um, I think there, I, I give a little piece of that. I, I was in the industry for probably, 10 years already. So people knew who I was. They knew I, I yeah, I shot a feature film. Um, so I had a lot of experience as far as that. I had some credits under my belt. I did a lot of reality TV as a camera operator. And um, plus at that point, I'm sure, I mean, if you've been in it ten, for 10 years, you've probably got a lot of contacts. So you got yeah. a pretty vast network at that point, especially if you've been working between a couple cities and around. No, absolutely. No, I, I had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people knew who I was. So it was kind of like, when the new tool came out, I was still already operating. It was just kind of like, Hey, he's got the, this new awesome thing, hire him for this. Or, you know, this, this business is 100% word of mouth. I mean, okay, I'll get it 99%. Maybe you'll get a job because, you know, somebody couldn't find somebody and they found you on Facebook and whatever. But this business is a hundred percent. Okay. What I say? 99% about who, you know, your last job, what your skills are and you know, how you, how you act on a set and how you, uh, you know, you're, as long as you're not like cocky and a, a jerk and you know, you can, you can do fairly well in this business. Yeah. I honestly like more and more, I would love to like meet the production companies that are getting work off of like social media stuff or like marketing online. Cause I don't, for me, it hasn't worked and everybody that I've talked to that does this stuff when I ask how they get work and I find out it's almost always word of mouth and relationships. Yeah. I think what, what it is, is there's so much, there's so much, not, I'm not going to say risk. There's so much responsibility when you, when you are a production company and you have a job to do that, you have to surround yourself with people that you know, that'll get the job done. Um, yeah. it's such a crew. Like I have a product, I have my own company, but I never consider myself like, like that's my, I never feel like it's my company because I'm no, but I'm nothing without the people that I work with. Like when I'm doing drone work, you know, I have two people that I count on, you know, to make, to, to 
get a job done successfully. Like I couldn't do it without these people. There are other people that do the same things, but you know, you, you get your people that you work with that, you know, are going to make everything go well. And that's the biggest thing is that's when you're on a production and they call you and you know, you got recommended from somebody. Usually that's because whoever you were working with, you know, knows that you're, you're capable of doing the job and you're not a dickhead. Yeah. So, so what, uh, I mean, obviously I know there's not everybody listening to this, but Justin is a, uh, licensed pilot, not only a drone pilot, but an airplane pilot. And, uh, I find it really fascinating that you have some of that stuff, but especially in light of like, not like with some of the like school stuff, because it, like, and not enjoying going and not wanting to do that stuff. Um, because I don't know, I feel like a lot of times people would tend to think that people that end up with those kinds of things would have gone through school more or been more inclined to like go to college. So what you brought up a really good point. So basically like if the first, one of the first things I said is once you find something that you're interested in, you will put in the effort to, become good at it. So when I figured I wanted to be in the film industry, I put in a thousand percent and I did everything I could to get my foot in the door, whether it was little white lies or whatever, saying I knew people that I didn't know, or, you know, saying I knew equipment that I didn't know just to, you know, break in, break in the door. Um, it was the same thing with flying. I didn't lie because there's no lying because your life's on the line. I basically studied my ass off and, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I think when you enjoy something, you can excel at it. When you hate it or when you're just doing something to do it to make a paycheck, you're, you're not going to be, you're, you could be successful, but you're going to be very unhappy. It's, you know, I think happiness is a huge thing. You work most of your life. And if you're doing something that you don't enjoy, I really don't understand the point of doing it. I mean, it's like these, some people make so much money, but they're so unhappy. So I'm not saying, you know, I'm happy every day that I'm working in this business. You know, I've worked on one of the biggest movies, you know, that's going to be coming out in 2020. And it was the most miserable experience. It was awful. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes the bigger the projects are, the more hassle, the more stress and all that kind of stuff. But still got through it, got it done. And it's under, under my resume. Anyway, back to what you were saying. So with the flying, I was so interested in it. And I didn't care about the, like, I didn't like school, but just because I hated what I was learning, like I wanted to learn how to fly a plane. And once you start learning it and once you start understanding the logistics and all this kind of stuff, it becomes fun. And once it became fun, it wasn't like work. It wasn't like school. It was just interesting. And it was, you know, and once I finally took my test, I was so paranoid and whatever, but I studied my ass off so much. I got one question wrong on the private pilot test. And there's people that have gone to college, probably go to Yale, that are not getting one question off of their private pilot test. It was because I was interested and I put in the thousand percent that I put into things that I enjoy. And even the lady at the test office, when she was, uh, she looked at it, she was like, wow, you only got one wrong. She's like, I don't think I've ever seen that. And this is like a test, like an FAA testing facility. And I was like, I don't think I've ever gotten one wrong on a test before. So we're, uh, we're in the same boat. So hopefully that answers that question. Yeah. And I, uh, 
that's cool because that's kind of I mean that's kind of what's driven me a lot too is and a lot of the reason I haven't finished or like never finished college was just like I mean this is not interesting to me and I could be spending my time doing the stuff that I'm really interested in and so I think I'm just going to go do that stuff instead uh When so now, like, what kind of jobs are you working on now? I know that you, I don't know. Like, let's fill in some more of the story. I kind of want to. I don't know. So we talked about a lot. Um, I'd say the majority of the jobs I've been doing recently, like recently, I've kind of wanted to do more narrative stuff. I've done, you know, music videos. Like I've done Taylor Swift music videos, Jonas Brothers music videos. I've done the biggest music videos. Not that I'm not going to say biggest. Now I sound like a cocky person. Big, big, like you've done a lot of big higher end things. Yeah. So I wanted to do more narrative, like TV and movies and stuff like that. Just because like South Florida, unfortunately the, the film industry is tanked because we lost a film incentive. I'm not saying it is an excuse why I'm not working as much on big movies and stuff like that, but we, you know, the film industry, unfortunately, it being a business goes where the money is or the money discounts are. And Florida is not, there's no more discounts. So can you explain, because a lot of people might not know what film incentives are. Can you kind of explain what that is in layman's terms? I'll give a, like a generic, because it's kind of like all... Yeah, it kind of varies. So let's say, like Florida, we had a film incentive. You come to Florida, this is, I don't don't even remember, it's got to be like five or ten, five years from now, five years ago we had the incentive. So let's say you have a $100 million movie, you come into South Florida, they will give you like 40% back. So your $100 million movie could become a $60 million movie, which is a huge incentive like your $1 million movie could become, you know, a $600,000 movie. I mean, it's a huge, huge incentive to bring your job to Florida, whether it's based in Florida or not. So now everything's in Atlanta because they have an amazing incentive over there. And, you know, the unfortunate part in Florida was, was we, we had all this work, but we didn't build studios. We didn't build infrastructure to support the film industry. We just kind of basically were a location town. We, they would come, productions would come in and they'd, you know, have sunny Florida. That was our location. We had a couple of TV shows that were shot in studios, but we didn't, we didn't build anything. So when, you know, jobs went away that there was nothing really besides our amazing Florida to come back to. Like in Atlanta, they've built giant studios, which are actually kind of suffering. So maybe it was a good idea for Florida. But, um, you know, the, oh, so film incentives, that's basically it. You come in, they give you money back. That's basically the the easy part of it. Um, But more about jobs. So I'm trying to get more into narrative work. And then, you know, the more I start doing some narrative work, the more I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to do narrative work. Commercials are really easy. Um, but we've, we've done a lot of higher end, you know, car commercials and, um, what else have we done recently? Some cool, like, uh, documentaries we did shark water two, which was a documentary that was really successful. Well, the first one was really successful. I don't know if the second one was, we got to do cool stuff with the coast guard. Um, I just did a job with a government agency that I'm not allowed to talk about, but that was really cool with helicopters and airplanes and all kinds of stuff. Um, so honestly, like I want to do what I'm doing right now. I don't really, everything's going 
well and I don't have any complaints. I always have complaints, but oh, yeah, nothing worthy of talking about. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's good uh it's a good outlook to have, a good posture on the life and conversation that I wish people would adopt. Yeah, you got to be a bit positive. more often. Yeah. Yeah, you know. The negative shit's not really helping much, if any. No, it, it doesn't. Like I mean, we're sitting here, I mean, to to today's shoot was definitely not difficult and you know there's these jobs are few and far between where you have you know you can after the shoot you're not exhausted and you're not going to sit in a room and have do an interview but um you know i also have the pleasure of doing all these sandals and beaches tv commercials for you know this beautiful resort we go out and we stay in these resorts and we film you know the aerials for them and you know unlimited food and drink and beautiful locations. It's, it's not an awful job. It is work. I mean, you still have a job to do and you're still long days too, man. You can have long days, sunrise, long days and short nights. And and it's still stressful. You still have to get the shot. I mean, so you're still, you're still doing your job, but you're in a a nice place. So at the end of the day, you, you know, when you're going back to your room, could be on the ocean, could be, you know, hear the waves crashing when you're going to sleep, even though you probably never see your room during the daytime. You don't even know if there's an ocean out there, but still you're, (laughs) you're, (laughs) you're in a very nice location with usually really great people. So, um, that's, I guess if you're to ask what I'm trying to do more of these days, I'm trying to maybe select more who I work with, um, you know, pick and choose a little bit more because I've been doing it for a little while. You have a little bit more of the luxury of being able to do yeah. that. It's just, I, I it just kind of comes, I feel like whenever you've been doing it a while, cause your contact base, you know, like your network is so much bigger. Yeah. But I also, I also work better with people that are more positive and stuff. There's a lot of jobs where people are negative in there and you just, you're going to do your job, but you're, you know, if you, if they don't give you the, the leeway of creativity, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you're not, you're you're not there for that. Yeah, not only that, but things seem to just not go as well in general. Like more bad things seem to happen. Whereas yeah. like the shoots that I have with people where we're just like better natured, more positive, like even when shit arises, like we for whatever reason things work out. Maybe it's there's something like more to it where just because we have these intentions of positivity so that for some reason it changes things or maybe it's just the fact that we have a positive outlook on things that we push through adversity to like find solutions and answers to things um, true somehow it works it does it today was interesting it was supposed to like rain all day that's what the didn't. weather was saying and it rained last night instead cooled off for us today and rained a little bit in the middle of the day for about 10 or 15 minutes and then we got all our stuff shot it's pretty that nice nice and we didn't get brutally beaten by the sun <laughs> yeah no it was nice overcast so you gotta look at the, po- the positive outlook it was great yeah you always have to have a positive outlook this business is just it's either the the most fun thing you'll ever do or you just won't make it now, just now there's like brutal. the flip side of like, okay, so you're talking about all the like great, the great stuff, but some of the stuff that's not great sometimes can be like, like it's usually the people you're working with, well, if they're well, not, but also like whenever you have 10 or 20 cases that you've got to check at the airport, right. That are 40 pounds each. 
and you're by yourself yeah. and you have to find a way to get these 10 cases or however many cases you have from the vehicle inside and then getting yeah. to the hotel and making sure all your batteries are charged and all your media is formatted and yeah the, the shooting part is half the battle the the it making a sure lot your gear of works. work it's kind of fun though i mean it's I fun like it. but you bring up a good point doing the drone stuff i think a lot of people think you just you know you you have a drone and you throw a battery on it and you fly but when we're flying the larger drones you know with an alexa or a red or whatever non dji camera it's so many moving parts that have to all work together. That's the stuff that, you know, keeps me up the night before the shoot, making sure the wireless video works, the wireless focus works, the, 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 every battery's charged. And, you know, you don't just have one battery for the copter. You have a battery for the copter. You got a battery for the movie. You got a battery for, you know, a, a SDI to HDMI or HDMI to SDI, um, converter there's there's all kinds of stuff that you know there's every piece has to work and that's one thing you know doing it as long as i have i mean you always carry backups and there's a lot of companies out there that don't don't bring backups and i don't know how they can sleep at night but they don't bring backups and and even if you bring backups then you still have to <laughs> make sure your backups are working yeah and there's there's a lot of there's a lot involved in the drone stuff how, not just flying. how often have you ever had to use your backup stuff um so we did we we did work on Bad Boys, um, the movie, the new movie coming out, and the first shot, um, you know, this is you know this huge movie, 150 extras one day, and not 150 extras, 150 PAs doing lockup one day. We're closing down all of downtown Miami. This this huge like it wasn't even a huge scene. It was kind of a, a very quick quick and easy scene but this car is going down the street and doing some maneuver or whatever um but we take off and we're in the dent we're in downtown miami and um we have two two large drones our alta our, our free fry alta eights we take it off and all the lights start blinking red on the drone and you know we have actors and all kinds of crew underneath and that's never a good sign when all the lights blink red that's red is usually bad and we've also never seen all the lights blinking right on the drone. So we quickly land it. And thankfully, we, you know, we have a backup drone. Thankfully, it was the drone. The drone's the easiest part to kind of, you know, you just pop on the other drone, you know, throw a couple of batteries on it. So thankfully, they weren't in such of a rush and they weren't waiting on us or anything. They didn't really even know there was an issue. And that's always the best thing when you can kind of like fix everything without anybody knowing that anything. Just go on the fly. Yeah. Be sneaky about it. Just keep your, your tears on the inside while you're trying to figure it out. So we got the other drone up and nobody knew anything was wrong and, you know, everything was fine. So, and it turned out it wasn't, had nothing to do with the drone. The drone was fine. It was just, just some weird interference because it happened, I think, two days later with the other drone and um, it was just, it turned out to be like the area or something like that. Interesting. Uh, and so if just for some reason the lights were flashing or was there other stuff I going on? I think it was on? some sort of or? wireless interference that told okay. the drone something was wrong because it was like every error in the book came on the, on our, it records like little metadata, like a, like a flight data recorder. And it's just that everything was wrong. So the drones, everything's wrong. The propellers don't work. The, the IMU's not working. So everything's just broken. So, um, that's usually not possible, especially if the drone's still staying in the air. Yeah, you're like, so actually, no, those things are all working fine currently. Yeah, but, you know, everything's flashing red. You land and you yeah. make sure you try to make it not flash red. 
So I'm trying to went off a, off a tangent here. Oh, so that was this very stressful, crazy moment where you know you, you got to get it done. And you yes, oh you're back. You asked if I if yeah. Any times you've ever backup. like backups? Yeah. Yep. So we used a backup there, and a while back. Um, this is where you always have to make sure you bring everything with you. I did a job in Philadelphia for they they were building they were about to put a new building on this property. So we were doing like 360 um, shots and some video of the site before they put the building. And it was winter time and winter has nothing to do with it except it was fucking cold. Um, but I forgot to bring one tiny little cable that's probably about five cents and it completely screwed us. <laughs> so it was kind of a blessing and a curse because we came back with a different drone, which was much better suited for the job so it worked out anyway but um just always check make sure you have all your cables yeah but you everything happens for a reason because you know you learn by your mistakes and if anybody tells you they haven't made a mistake don't hire them because they're gonna make a mistake soon if anybody thinks they know everything or have it all together if you think that you know everything and you have it all together Whoa unto you. Yeah. No nobody's got it. Nobody's nobody's perfect and if they act like they are then they're they're gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah. I used to I I used to have a bit of a complex, I think. It's a <laughs> I don't know if it's like a confidence or a false sense of a false confidence or confidence is good. Have Con- confidence yeah, be in what confident. you're doing. Be confident. Don't be cocky. Don't be an asshole about it. Don't yeah. think you know everything. But yeah, I think that's that's a huge thing. If if you act like you know everything, um, and you turn out not to know everything, it's so much worse than somebody that doesn't act like they know anything and makes a few mistakes here and there. So yeah, that's true. It's you, you're more respected too. Like I I love when people ask questions. You know, not like every five seconds, but you know, questions are good. But when you don't ask questions and then you fuck up or you do something stupid. And then you, because you thought you knew what you were doing. Oh, I thought that's how it was supposed to go. That's where, that's bad. That's no bueno. So, okay. Now with, 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 uh, with like financial stuff, how do you handle that? Not telling you how much money is in my bank account. It's very little. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It's medium. How many, I need to know how many savings accounts you have and how many checking accounts and what the dollar amounts of each are. One million dollars. And how many lines of credit do you have? I how, many, how, many, how much money is on my credit cards? <laughs> when I buy gear, I always put on credit cards. So there's a few bucks on credit cards. What street did you grow up on? <laughs> what was your, your mom's maiden name? security number. What was your favorite restaurant when you were a kid? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm not answering those questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant more as far as like, um, as far as like, business structuring and like um money flow how you handle taxes oh boy i don't know i mean maybe you have an accountant and you're like here handle i have an all accountant this stuff who deals for with me. my taxes i'm terrible at this do this for me and let me pay you maybe that's your route i don't know um i am not the most organized person i definitely didn't get my organization from my f- my father was very organized. I didn't get that skill. Um, thankfully, there's apps that kind of take care of invoicing. So um, when I invoice, I mean, we usually work for like, you know, 50 different 
companies a year, so there's like invoicing is kind of a pain in the butt. Not my favorite, not my favorite thing, but um, uh, as far as like buying equipment and stuff like that, I think that's kind of like I try to, you know, buy what I need, but I'm I also kind of sometimes I'm not good at this. I kind of buy shit that I don't need to. Like I might just upgrade something because. I'm a lemming and you know, everybody else is upgrading. Like, like so, ooh, new things. I need this. Yeah, exactly. That's why credit cards sure are credit cards nice. are bad. And then I'm like, oh, it's a write off at the end of the year. I'll oh, just write man, it off. Man, I've been there too many times. <laughs> but you know, I think sometimes it's better to write it off than to give it to Uncle Sam. But um, but yeah, no, I try to. I try to be frugal with my equipment and try not to buy stuff unless I need it. I think a lot of people buy new things and think that's going to get them work. And I think, you know, (laughs) your skill will get you work if you're doing, if you're doing good stuff and, you know, I think a good analogy I don't think I made it up, but I'd like to think I made it up. It's like you give somebody an iPhone, like give a good director of photography an iPhone and give somebody who is really new to the business a an, an Alexa Mini or Alexa whatever you want, whatever the most expensive camera is at the time, um, and see who comes out with a better image. It's going to be the person that has the skill and it's not going to have anything to do with the camera. So, like, you know, I try to only buy what I need to make sure that, you know, I can accomplish whatever the director and producer need me to do and not overkill too much. A lot of people are so into decking out their cameras with the map boxes and the, you know, everything fancy and, you know, it's all for looks and this and that. And I'm, I'm much more, maybe like 15 years ago, I would, I was more into, you know, the look part, but now as long as I can get the job done and they're happy and I'm using whatever equipment they, they, they need and, you know, so I'm th- rambling. So then with that, then how do you, select the gear that you're going to buy because like the question that I feel like people like, tend to ask is like oh what camera should I get yeah and it's like well what are you doing what are you using it for like yeah, that's so many tough. like it's a and I used to ask the same the same kind of question so like no like looking down on you or anything wrong with that but it's just like they're tools and you got to think of them as tools and what's the job that you're trying to accomplish I think that's exactly that. If if you know you can make money with something, then buy it. But if you're buying it because you think, you know, it's something that is going to make you money without having a plan, like, oh, I bought the really expensive camera because people are going to rent it for me or I'm going to go do something, buy it if you know you're going to do something with it, that's going to be either profitable or rent it until you, like if you rent it enough times, you're like, crap, I, you know, if I should have bought this by now, yeah, I should have bought it. Then go ahead and buy buy it. it. Exactly. It's kind of like, don't put yourself in a position where you're, you buy this expensive camera or whatever, and you don't have a plan. And now you have this debt that you're, you know, it's, it's like a new car. Don't buy a new car unless you want to I was just going to say, like, think of it like trucks. Like instead of, if we go like, Hey, uh, what kind of camera should I buy? It's like, hey, well, what kind of truck should I buy? And you're like, cool. What are you doing, man? Like, yeah. are you like you buy a pickup truck and gonna haul? Are you hauling you like a go couple, a little things <laughs> like a bicycle in the back? 
Because it gets you yeah. a little like Toyota Tacoma. But if you're pulling like a trailer with like a couple vehicles on the back that's also a motorhome, go get you a diesel like 18-wheeler cab. You yeah. know, like there's so many different various things. You can't just be like, hey, I'm going to go... I'm going to go be a, a driver. What should I, what kind of truck should I get? It's like, yeah. man, I, no, don't, it's I don't know, man. Like, what are you trying to do? I bought my first camera, the HVX 200. And it was expensive when I, when I, for me, you know, I was a PA and I, <clears throat> I was like, I was kind of getting a little burnt out being a PA. And I kind of figured out that I wanted to be, you know, either a cinematographer or you know, some sort of camera in the camera department doing operating or something. And this camera came out and I was like, I want that camera. It's going to, it's going to be my incentive to kind of move my way up, you know, out of PAing and camera department. And I bought that camera and that was, it was kind of like, you know, that was it. I shot a movie with the camera. And so if you are, if you know what you're going to, if you know, you're going to take whatever you're going to buy and you're going to use it to, to, move your career forward, whether it's going to be building a reel or whatever, buy what you need. Don't buy anything else. Rent it. There's so much rental stuff. There's so many other people that don't take this advice and go buy stuff that are trying to rent it. Cause now they're sitting with this giant. Dude, I wish that I had rented <laughs> stuff when I got bought my yeah. four, I bought my last camera, uh, like two years, two and a half years ago, something like that year and a half bought a Sony a seven S two. And, uh, I bought the Rokinon Cine Prime kit, uh, lens kit, and man, I wish I had waited because I spent like twenty five hundred dollars, twenty seven hundred dollars on these lenses, and for the last like year and a half, two years, however long, I've had issues like never like completely happy with my color and the way the pictures look like sometimes it looks great, but not consistently. And so I thought it was like my camera setup or this or that. You know, it's just like, turns out like most of it was just the lenses. Cause it's just like not that great a glass. And so I got like this meta bones adapter and a Canon L glass and dude, it looks great. Now all that to say, I wish that I had rented gear f beforehand to test stuff out because I might not have bought that camera. Like I might've just bought another Canon like bought a C200 or something like that and another Canon lens because I really like the Canon look. Anyway, running. Yeah. And yeah, buy, buy stuff that's not going to outdate itself too, like immediately, if, if you can, which is like impossible. <laughs> lenses. Yeah. Lenses are great. Although these days with all these large format cameras, lenses are, you know, going by the wayside yeah. too. So. Well, dude, I feel like I, t like I could talk about this all night, but um, it's getting a little bit late and I kind of want to go grab drinks with Grady <laughs> before I go to bed. I concur. So it is a very comfortable spot. I'm sitting in the in last, right now. like wrap it up. What's the like last thing you would want to say to leave people with? Um, well, since this is a freelance conversation, be prepared, be prepared. You know, don't, don't expect to get into the free, whatever industry, whether it's the film business or whatever else, I don't know, whatever else is freelance, but, um, don't expect, you know, to be, supporting yourself immediately expect you know to pay your dues and i'd say always work, work your way up the ladder if you can if you can afford to work your way up the ladder it makes you you meet people you know there's a lot of people that get into the business and they oh, i'm gonna be a director you know next week kind of thing it's like the worst attitude you can have especially for people that 
I'm not going to say I'm, I'm salty or anything, but you know, when you, when you work your way up and you have some film student that just comes out of school after four years, I'm going to be the director. La la la. It's the most annoying thing ever. You're just like, yeah, you just, you just spend a hundred thousand dollars in school and you're working, you know, as a you PA. You have no and, street yeah. experience. You have no true experience. That's a whole other tangent I could go just on. Just be, be cordial. Be, if you want to be in this business, you just got to roll with the punches. Don't be cocky and, and you'll be successful. But back to the beginning of it, if you want, if you want to be in it, you'll, you can do it. I mean, it's not like an impossible thing. This business is, you know, for people that are passionate about, you know, the craft and, you know, that like to play with toys. And I think, uh, if you, if you got it in you, you'll, you'll make it happen. If you want to sit at a desk and sit in an air conditioned room all day, go for it. But if you want to do some cool stuff and, you know, do some artsy kind of, well, okay, now I'm just rambling. Just, you know what I'm talking about. It's time to go to bed. It's time. <laughs> Thanks for listening, y'all. That was a crappy wrap-up, though. Go ahead. Chattanooga, thanks for hosting us. Thanks for the views and the highway sounds this evening. Very relaxing. If you like this episode or any of the other ones, uh, if this is your first episode, you can check out other Freelance Friday podcast episodes. Um, We've got a few, and we've got some more coming. And uh, sharing this is the best way to help the show grow and to help us know what to talk about, what kind of guests... Uh, we should bring on the show, all those things. Uh, so, yep, help help us out if you would share, leave some comments, whatever. Now I'm just rambling. It's, it's bedtime, y'all. Thanks for thanks for listening. Have a good night. Freelance Freddy is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a freelance content creator based in the United States and available worldwide. Vacacy, big production value, freelance agility and scale. 